Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Thank you to Blackology Coffee Company for sponsoring this video. Take 10% off your next order at Blackology Coffee Company by using the link at the description, www.blackologycoffeecompany.com backslash Angela. Everybody, my name is Angela, and today I'm joined by Latoya Jones, all the way from Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, she is the owner of As It Should Be, which is an eco-friendly skincare line, and she also owns Black Business Now, which is a magazine catering to Black businesses, um, as the name suggests. So thank you so much, Latoya, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you <laughs> for having me on. Yeah. on the show. I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. So we have already kind of met previously and talked, but I want you to kind of, I guess, like explore with me and with the viewers um, a little bit of your background and starting as it should be in a magazine in Morgantown, West Virginia, where you are not from and where there aren't exactly a lot of people that look like you. Um, so how did you kind of, what was your journey in starting these two things? Well, the first one was a little bit more like in-depth kind of thing. The uh, As It Should Be, uh, I started out with makeup. Um, I started out with makeup and everybody was like, oh, your skin's so pretty and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they were like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I, you know, have skin, I'm like a skincare brunette. So I decided I was gonna start a skincare line, an eco-friendly skincare line, because um, after going through my master's degree program, I was like, I was in depth with the CDC and the EPA, the Environment Protection Agency. And I was like, oh my God, I wanna do something that contributes to helping fight against global warming, to do this, to do that and that. So like I did research about veganism and vegan products and so forth and how it um, helps with the ecosystem environment. So I was like, okay, I wanna do that. And um, I was born with colon syndrome. And then I decided uh, along the journey of having my, um, having my business, I decided I was gonna go ahead and get reconstructive surgery for my colon syndrome. So I the surgery the first time. Um, unfortunately, there was um, difficulty with the surgery, complications with the surgery. They burned a hole through, the, through, through like the top of my breast when they were doing the reconstructive surgery and then uh, it, it revealed the implant. So since, it's, since it revealed the implant, they had to remove it. 
I know it's probably TMI, but I had to sell this part to understand like why I'm so devastated. I'm right side affected. And that means like they had to take their right side out. And I was like, I cried. I cried when I woke up because they say there's a chance that it might be removed. We can't replace it right away. Um, just in case you might have an infection. And then I was going through that. I was like absolutely devastated. So as I was healing from the third surgery and I was uh, actually like getting excited again about being normal, I said to myself, you know what? I need to actually start working on true self-confidence. I wonder what other women go through when they go to cancer or polis syndrome or stuff like that. Like what they they go through because this was just a little taste. And it came to me through like meditation. I'm sitting there because you can't do anything else but heal. <laughs> when you go through those many surgeries back to back, you can't do anything but there to heal. And it came to me like, like the goddess, the earth goddess line. And it's a spiritual thing for me. Anyways, so it's like everything that's handcrafted, it's natural. Um, there's the shea butter, it's African shea butter on like raw unrefined African shea butter it's to anybody can use it um doesn't matter if you're black Puerto Rican white Hispanic it doesn't matter um anybody can use the goddess butter but it's to be able to encourage true confidence we we are really hard on ourselves you know we don't we don't treat ourselves kindly we do not treat our bodies kindly and if something goes wrong with our bodies i.e <laughs> you know it doesn't look the way that we want it to look we're very hard on ourselves we don't think that we're attractive so that's where it came from that stemmed from the Poland syndrome and to actually get like inspire like true confidence within women um brought as for the black business uh now magazine that was inspired through um the whole marching movement and everything else. I am so, so for marching and protesting. Um, I'm so for that. However, I still believe it's like the Martin Luther King days, Malcolm X days, that's great. Thank you, appreciate it. But now it's our turn to take the torch and get away from the marching and actually start putting back into our communities to actually acknowledge, hey, there are there are black businesses out here. You can you can support black businesses. Black businesses need to support each other. And that's what came I kind of like fell into the black magazine the uh, Black Business Now magazine in West Virginia because there's a lot of people, both black and white, in West Virginia that did not know that these businesses were black owned or even existed. So it was it's hard for everybody um, it's hard for businesses, period. When you're a black business, a little bit of extra weight on your shoulder to prove yourself. Um, and this platform gives you, a, gives the black businesses in West Virginia a little bit of a jump and say, hey, we're here and this is what we do. And if we can, we're here to serve the community and hey, come support us, you know? Yeah. Um, so you touched on like a couple of different things that I want to like address in this. So like, what a lot of people think of as, you know, protest is marching, mm -hmm. right? But I am a firm believer that protest is just as much marching as it is the way that you spend your money, the way that you spend your time, the spaces mm -hmm. that you occupy, whether that's a magazine, a storefront, um, a certain area that you service in your business, all these things. These are also a form of protest, just existing. Um, mm -hmm. 
is a form of protest. So um, I feel like, you know, I don't think my podcast has been immune to this. I feel like sometimes in a lot of ways, business owners, they stand up and they say, um, do what you love, make a career out of what you love, you know, all these things. Um, but they also kind of say, well, like, if there's no market for what you love, then there's no career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you say to people who feel like, um, you know, maybe they're in an area where they're in a small town or in a, they're in a place, like you said, where they really just don't have as great a connection to um, resources or services in their area, but they have an idea, they have something that they love, and they are trying to find a market for themselves. Put your market first. Um, and, and everything else will come around that. Um, people say research your market and see if you, you know, um, if there's room for it. There's always room for something, okay? But you just have to be able to understand your position in the market. Um, when it comes down to like shea butter, everybody has shea butter. <laughs> but what people don't have is the sustainability. They don't have, have um, women, like women um, that are actually black women at the top, you know, of those types of companies. That's another thing. And then you have a handmade skin you get. Those skincare products are going to be handmade. You're just going to be on the back order. You know, if we're up multi-million dollars, still gonna get pipes how we started. That's how it's gonna go. And that's how it's gonna end. <laughs> so, it, I mean, you have to understand your position, what sets you apart from everybody else. Um, that little hole when you research your market to be able to have that position. So if you're making soaps, there was a soap company that makes soap specific, specifically for men. All natural soaps for men because everybody knows Bath and Body Works and all that good stuff, but there wasn't enough market. There may be 335, maybe to 3,500 that says, hey, we're gonna just dab a little bit for the men. And this this company did it with like, hey, we're gonna go all the way around the men. So I say to the people to research your market because there's room for you. It's just, um, you just need to know where your position's at. Even if you're in a small town, we're in a very good age where we can reach out through Google. We can reach out through um, through Facebook. We can reach out through emailing lists. Um, we can gather relation just by staying at home. And COVID kind of proved that, how we can go, you know, maneuver online and so forth. So if you're in a small town, it shouldn't matter because you're, you, you're part of a global economy. If you are online, you're part of the global economy. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you put that. I think like because of the internet, these barriers to accessing different regions and different markets um, is not as difficult. And the definition of a market is a lot more fluid than what it has been in the past. Um, And again, like there's also an argument to be made that it's hard when you're in an oversaturated market but you have to choose your heart you have to choose like how you're going to um, one see yourself as a business but also see your audience as like your clients and your customers and how you can best serve them so I think that's like a really interesting perspective for sure um so being in Morgantown Virginia you're not from there right 
Um, I, w- I originally grew up in Ohio, but it's only like an hour away. So like my father, he graduated from Wheeling, West Virginia High. So it was just, it was inevitable for me to be in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> it was just inevitable. Um, I came down here with um, uh, my children's father and went to school and just decided to stay here after we split. Uh, so, yeah, because I just think it's a very good uh, area because there's no skincare company here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's plenty of factory room because it's Morgantown, West Virginia, and you have industrial plot, um, lots everywhere to, to be sold. Like, yeah. they're open for business, but nobody wants to come in and do that. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll be the first. Let me, let me in, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I just decided to stay here and grow here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess like twofold question then. So like you have a lot of connections here in the Raleigh-Durham area, but you like have never been here. You know what I'm saying? You just connected these people on the internet. Right. But then you've also kind of found your niche within this like small local market that is virtually untouched right now because it's not a place where people think of as like an entrepreneurial hotspot, right? So you kind of have like the best of both worlds. Like you have your own little world here, but then you also have like this like virtual world is, that is an expansion of your business, right? Yeah. And the way that I think of social media is is simply an extension of my business. Even without social media, we would still have a business. And yeah. just may look a little bit different. Um, so like what would be your advice or like what has been your experience and looking at social media from that from that perspective, like this is an extension of who I am, but it's also a way for me to get business, make new uh, connections, um, and just almost virtually recreate myself anywhere that I want. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, always look at it as an extension, not the end all be all. Um, it's very important to be able to reach out through and, and be able to meet people through social media because it's it's exactly what it says, social media. Um, however, I'll tell you that, I told you that to tell you this. Just the other day, Facebook locked down my business account um, because of whatever political things that were going on. They locked down many people's business accounts where they can't run ads. Unless you're a bigger business account, of course they're going to allow you to run ads because they're going to give you, you're giving them more money. So there's that. Um, however, they locked down my business account. So you have to look at that as an extension, yes, of your business. However, you have to also remember that you don't own social media. You don't own Facebook. You don't own IG. You don't own uh, Twitter or anything else like that. So you always have to have a backup. And I think social media is a way that you can meet new people, um, talk about your product or talk about your business, but collect those emails. You gotta collect those emails for the email list because no matter how big or how small you are, if you ride on social media too long, just like they did to me yesterday, they can literally shut you down when you can't run or reach anybody else. So you want to have something back up. And I'm pretty sure that Google and MailChimp will never say, oh, okay, by the way, we're just going to shut everything down because everybody knows they're going by email list. So that's, they're not social media. They're, they're like, okay, email list. 
Um, but it's always it's always good to remember that that's a that's a stepping stone. Getting your business out there is a stepping stone to be able to to meet people like you, to have an extension of people in Missouri and have people in New York and so forth. But actually, like depending on it or relying on it will. I, my advice would be a no-no. Don't rely on it. Always have a backup plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like super interesting too, like in the age of TikTok where it's like for like a month there, it's like flip-flopping, like is it going to get shut down? Is it not? And then all these people who are finding like this viral success on TikTok because of video reach, organic video reach at that on TikTok is like unlike anything any other social platform has. And so like, especially like younger people, it's like myself and younger like dumping a lot of effort into TikTok and then like they're all about to see that like crumble before their eyes because they don't own it like somebody whoever owns it you know and so people are like Uh but like they learn a valuable lesson very fast like don't dump all your eggs into one basket because if that basket leaves what do you have left right absolutely outlets to reach your your customer base that is my that is my biggest advice to any online business or any business that's brick and mortar if you're gonna have a brick and mortar business i mean some of you you just can't get around it i mean i need my hair braided so i can't buy it and automatically like it's in my hair it's not we're not that i mean we're advanced but we're not that (laughs) you want to actually start doing this when you're a brick and mortar just like as much as when you if you're just an e-commerce hate like I know people look at Kylie Jenner and she has an online she has an e-commerce brand and that's to me that's the smartest way to go is to have an e-commerce brand um because you don't have the big overhead you just have your web provider and and maybe paying some money for your email list and your inventory Uh so you don't have the big overhead um of course, she has a little bit more. She has, you know, the business and, you know, people, supervisors, management, you know, all that good stuff. But when you're starting out, it's best to not have overhead. And it's best to go through social media and online. And it's best to have backup plans all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely saw that in this this pandemic. I don't know. I don't know how long we're going to be saying that. I really hope I can stop saying that, like, very soon. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, I think it was just like a make or break time for so many people to like really explore like how well the systems they have in place were going to work if they had any systems at all. Um, And just how well they've been communicating with customers and clients if they have been communicating well at all. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was like a trying time for everybody. Um, And so it's kind of like, yes, like this information is helpful now, but like there's probably some people who need to see this like nine months ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like when there is a lot of, uh, I remember what, before I went into business with my, for myself, um, a lot of stuff could have been done at home. And I even offered, I was like, Hey, I know, like, I know secretary work or office assistant work can be done at home. Oh no, it can't be, you wanna be available. I'm like, well, it makes it easier for you to use the offices for other, you know, people who are getting a little paid more to have to be there. And then it, then you can use this uh, secretary or the uh, administrative assistants 
they can do it from home because it's usually the ones that are making money on the side or they're single moms or something like that. They're going to school themselves online. So that that gives it a, a little bit of a, a leeway for everybody. So now pandemic hit, I'm noticing that a lot of people are, are putting up for virtual stuff. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, come out. The same company that said, hey. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Now, now we're social distancing. Now you want a virtual? Okay. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of stuff can be done from home, but you know. And their finance is a lot cheaper to yeah. be done from home. If they're gonna, if you, I, I look at it this way. No matter if the pandemic, you know, the pandemic's gonna cease, but I'm just gonna have a building for inventory and making my and making my shea butters. As far as people always coming in to work, no, nope. Now, if you're not one of the people making the shea butters, if you're not on that shift, then there's no need for everybody to be in that office every single day, all day long. Maybe once or twice a week, regroup, and then outside we can regroup or resume. Like there's, there's no reason why I should pay so much money for electricity, water, and so forth for what? Everything that everybody can do at home. And I can just extend, hey, if you don't have internet, I'll give you a voucher for your internet. Yeah. Because you're using yeah. it to work. Yeah. Uh, I look at commercial space about how I look at weddings sometimes. Like you tell them you want to use it for, you know, a business, price is going to be higher so you need internet for your house watch the price drop you know what I mean like <laughs> yes that is so true because one of my girlfriends she said when I was um planning for my wedding she said uh she goes I said I need the chairs for a wedding and they said the price was four hundred dollars for these many chairs she said, my mom called back and said, hello, I just need this many chairs for a, a an event. And it was half the price. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, 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 I think they, when they find out what you need it for. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to talk crap about my fellow wedding vendors. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Like, we, know the <laughs> we know the deal. We know the deal. <laughs> when you start, I don't want to discourage people, but just make sure that you are ready for the ups and downs. For the, the like, you're going to cry out of frustration. Uh, you're going to be happy when you get a sale. And then you're going to be in survival mode. And then you're going to be depressed. And then you're going to be happy. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going to see, you're going to see see a lot of problems going through. My advice is that try not to allow your business circumstances to rule your emotions um, because they're going to be up and down. Um, very few people, even though that I am in different Facebook groups, they'll say, oh, I have $171,000 in sales and I have this in sales and I have that in sales. And I'm over here like last year on my, on my first uh, Black Friday, I only made $19.99 in sales for my first Black Friday. So I automatically 
thought I was doing something wrong. Does that make sense? So don't look over at somebody else's garden when you're, when you're in those types of groups. Don't sit there and say, look what, you know, oh my God, I'm not doing $171,000 in sales. I only did $19.99 in sales. Look at what you are offering your people. What is, what is your market? What does your market look like? What problems are you solving with these people? Because people are like, oh, I can get shea butter anywhere else. Well, this is whipped, unrefined um, shea butter. It doesn't have anything, it's not bleached, it's not nothing. It's actually piped in a jar for you when you order it, period. It's not sitting on a shelf for months at a time, period. So that's the kind of clientele that I'm pushing towards. So you gotta know who, what, what your product quality is. You can't just look at somebody else because my coach, that's another thing get a coach because my because <laughs> my coach tells me uh she said they're selling hair you're selling shaba totally different industry and she even knows even though she's not a black woman she even knows that black women are going to buy hair left and right it's just that market, it's just that industry, because it gives you that, like, say, hey, I got this professional polished look and, and so forth. It's gonna, it's a little different. We already understand the psyche. You gotta understand the psyche of the product you have as well. So now I'm throwing out a lot of stuff. Don't go up and down with your, with your business, with the emotions. Understand your product, understand your market, understand your customers, and believe in the, in the quality of your product. There's, I mean, I could write a whole book about starting a business in West Virginia because, oh God. <laughs> you just need to buckle down, get ready for the ride because it's going to be a ride for at least one or two years yeah. until you get your footing. Like this Black Friday, everybody was asking for the email list. Okay, cool. Last Black Friday, I had three people on my email list and people literally forgot about me. Like literally forgot about me, and that's another thing. That's the most important advice. If you don't, if you don't remember anything else I say, remember this: everything that goes wrong with your business is your fault. Period. If you have, if you have a thousand people working under you, you run into business, and somebody messed up your formula and resulted in like fifty thousand dollars of um, returns, that was your fault. Um. If, if a case doesn't get taken care of, that's your fault. If a customer is not happy with one jar because you messed it up, it is your fault. Anything that goes wrong with your business is your fault. And I know that sounds very mean and, and like, I guess blunt, but the sooner you can understand that you are 100% responsible at how your business flows, the quicker you can grasp to make it better. So you don't end up like one of these businesses that go under. If you need to fire that person, fire them. If you feel like you need to hire that person, hire them. If you feel like you need to, to go public, go public. If you need to stay private, stay private. It's your choice. And you need to be able to understand that you own that choice as a business owner. Yeah. 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 That's like really good advice. I think there's like, and again, my podcast has definitely not been immune to this. I feel like a lot of times we talk about the positive things in business. We talk about 
talk about the fun part. We talk about the growing and the scaling. We talk about hiring. We don't talk about firing. We don't talk about, you know, really taking responsibility and accountability for everything that happens, like, you know, the hard parts. Um, and I would love to dive into the hard parts more. But again, like, they're not fun. They're not fluffy. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to, like, think about that per se. Um, but we need to. I mean, it's the reality because if you don't, if you're unable to answer the hard questions and make the hard decisions, you're not going to last long. You're going to continue to have those extreme highs and those extreme lows that you were talking about earlier. Um, if you can't figure out how to weather the storm and really accept, understand, and work through your responsibilities as a business owner, because it's very different from being an employee mm-hmm. um, for a company. So, yeah, and yeah. I'm saying maybe you're not met like people. Or telling me, well, maybe you're not meant being a business owner. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Because I didn't blow up overnight. And it, you also have to understand, like, maybe you don't have the mindset of being a business owner. Maybe you have the mindset of an entrepreneur. You start the business and then you can sell it. Yeah. Like, that's that. I have the, I have, I know that I have the entrepreneur mindset and the business owner mindset because I'm going to be really frank because I don't like people telling me what to do. (laughs) I don't like people messing up my ish. (laughs) So that, I, that's me. So I know that I can run it and I also am a people person. I know I can run it. I know what it looks like. Am I gonna hire people to take all of this, the um, stuff off my shoulders? Yes. But it's also important to know that if you're an employee, that's fine. Be an employee. You did your entrepreneurship. You made your $2 million because you had a really great idea and you sold it. Fine. Use that $2 million, work around somebody else's business for a little bit. And until you get another idea, Use it to invest into that other idea and sell it off. There's so many people that enjoy their life being an employee and mm-hmm. to be just an entrepreneur because they they understand they can't be an entrepreneur and run a company. It's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you don't enjoy that, if you don't know the ins and outs and how that works, you're going to falter, you're going to fail. And it's going to be like a really bad fail. It's going to be like a, a train wreck with an airplane crash in the middle of a freaking desert. It's going to be done. Oh my <laughs> God. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I super appreciate you diving into some harder topics. Yes. I haven't had the pleasure of doing that yet on this show. Um, but I'm glad we at least like touched on them a little bit so people can have yep. a well perspective of being an entrepreneur. I sure. Yeah, this is better, yeah. <laughs> you don't like the plane crash and the train crash happen at the same time. <laughs> okay. Keep them okay. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for joining me all the way from Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, I'll definitely link your business social media here on the show. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you guys it. buy some as it should be skincare products for sure. Yes, thank you. <laughs>